you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into the Locked On Orioles podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. How about that night of baseball last night? If you were watching postseason baseball, I, I hope you were watching that over, um, I don't know, potentially uh, the Jets-Broncos matchup. Uh, I'm hoping uh, most of you were watching some baseball last night, but some fun games yesterday. Of course, we saw the Braves move on uh, with another shutout of the Reds. You saw that back-and-forth game where the A's took down the White Sox to move on to the next round. Uh, got that series wrong. Uh, and then, of course, late last night, the Dodgers beat the Brewers 3-0 to move on to the next round. But the big game was the Padres and the Cardinals. San Diego winning it 11-9 to force a Game 3 later tonight. Of course, Fernando Tatis had two homers. Will Myers had two homers. And Manny Machado had a home run as well as Tatis and Machado went back-to-back in the sixth uh, to tie that game up. What a great game. Padres, very, very fun team to watch um, and excited to watch them continue and hoping uh, they can win game three tonight and move on to the NLDS. But I hope you've uh, enjoyed some postseason baseball. Of course, we'd love to see the Orioles in the postseason, uh, but uh, we're going to have to wait uh, a couple more years to uh, to get that, you would think. However, we're still going to keep talking Orioles here on this podcast in the off season, and if you listened to yesterday's episode, if you didn't, you know, go back and listen to that one on Thursday. Ben Palmer of Pitcher List joined the show uh, as we started our Orioles 2020 Report Card series here on the podcast. We are going to go through over the next couple of weeks and give a grade to every player who played in a game for the Orioles this year and ended the season in the organization. So there will be a couple guys you won't hear about that were traded away. Richard Blyer, Miguel Castro, Michael Givens, and Tommy Malone. You won't hear about those guys, but everybody else we're going to get to in this series over the coming weeks to get you through the offseason. We'll space it out a little bit because we know you're enjoying postseason baseball as well. But yesterday was part one of a two-part conversation with Ben Palmer about the Orioles' top four starting pitchers. And yesterday with Ben, you heard about Alex Cobb, the veteran, and Dean Kramer, the Orioles' exciting rookie. And today we talk about the two other guys who were slotted into the Orioles' rotation and and really look to be main pieces in 2021. And and first, it'll be Keegan Aiken and then John Means. Those will be the two guys we talk about with Ben Palmer uh, today. We're going to talk about Aiken's fastball and why it is his top pitch A little bit of an up-and-down season for him in the six starts he made here in 2020. And then we'll go to John Means and talk about the the switch that flipped for him between his first six starts where he struggled and his final four starts where he was dominant and talk about what that means for Means and the Orioles going forward into 2021 and beyond. So Ben Palmer back with us for part two of a conversation about Orioles starting pitchers. We're talking Keegan Aiken and John Means That coming up after the break. Okay, so you know how we revamped and and relaunched this podcast back in January? Well, we hope uh, it made it a little bit better and and you enjoyed uh, some talk about Orioles baseball. But uh, speaking of relaunches, Built Bar has relaunched as well. They have improved their bar and it's even deliciouser. 18 flavors now. They've got six new ones 
that includes caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp, just to name a few. And of course, uh, it's included with already the great flavors they had. Double chocolate is still there. Peanut butter is still there. And obviously the best peanut butter brownie is still there. It is a protein bar. Don't get me wrong, but it tastes like a candy bar. And now with the relaunch, it tastes even better and it tastes more like a candy bar. Trust me, you're going to forget that you're even eating something that's healthy and something that's giving you 19 grams of protein. So check out the Built Bar relaunch as you can get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. You know, now we flip to the other rookie in this group in Keegan Aiken, who also had success doing it a little bit of a different way. I think we, you know, already learned from Aiken. You know, first of all, bigger sample size for Aiken um, mm-hmm. Then with Kramer, we saw, you know, almost 26 innings from him, um, which was, you know, a little bit more. We saw six starts, eight appearances. And what we also saw is, you know, Keegan Aiken loves his fastball. He's going to live and die by the fastball. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, you know, it's not an Alex Cobb situation where he's just throwing it to throw it. It's his best pitch, and it got the majority of his strikeouts this season. Yeah, yeah, it was um... – yeah, Aiken was was nice. I I liked what I saw from Aiken. Um, similar similar to Kramer, you look at his four point five six ERA on the season. You're like, that's not great, but three point two seven FIP, three seven one Sierra. That's really encouraging. Um, his what one of the things I really like walk rate is solid. Like I said with Kramer, uh, rookies tend to struggle with control. Uh, Aiken posted an eight point six percent walk rate. I'm pretty happy with that. That's fine, but especially considering in the minors, he posted double-digit walk rates every year except uh, in low A in 2016. 8.6% walk rate in the majors, I'm fine with that. And a 30.2% strikeout rate that translated to a 12.27K per nine. Yeah, I'm very happy with that. Um, like you said, fastball is really nice. It, uh, um, similar to Kramer, 73rd percentile in spin. So, again, a nice – High spin fastball, uh, so I'm definitely a fan of that. And induced weak contact and a 231 batting average against and a 138 ISO against, 285 Woba against. So great numbers all around. Um, he had a nice changeup, a good swing and miss pitch, had a 36% whiff rate, um, but it got knocked around a bit. Had a 333 average against, 334 ISO against. So needs to work on controlling that a little bit more. Um, it's a, it looks like a good swing and miss pitch though. Slider was a bit of an issue, uh, had a 294 average against, you don't love that, but it didn't get destroyed. It had just a 059 ISO against. So basically it was a pitch that was getting hit for singles, hit on the ground. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't love the 294 average against, but at, you know, at least it was getting crushed for home runs. So I like that. Overall, I'm a fan of Aiken. Honestly, if you look at what he did this year, he really just had two rough starts. His final start of the year against Toronto, where he gave up four earned runs. Uh, and then his start against the Yankees, uh, where he gave up four earned runs. Beyond that, 
he gave up he gave up three earned runs in his debut then we've got one two three four games where he gave up not a single earned run and then his game against boston where he gave up two so you know again the the thing with small sample sizes is one or two bad starts completely throws everything out of whack so overall based on his raw stuff and what i what i've seen from him i'm i'm very encouraged by aiken too uh not i'm not as excited about aiken as i am about kramer just because i see kramer as a guy who has a really solid fastball to work off of and i and i love a guy who while i don't think you have to throw a fastball more than any pitch I love a guy who has a really good fastball just to work as his base. I think both Aiken and Kramer have that, but I'm more excited about Kramer's curveball as a swing and elite swing and miss pitch and his cutter slash slider. Uh, Aiken changeup looks good, um, but uh, aside from that, that's really his only swing and miss pitch. So uh, he looks really solid. There's definitely work to be done, but he's young and uh, the potential looks really good. Yeah, for, for me, for Keegan Aiken, I, I gave him a B for the season. You know, he's, he had a good rookie year. He had a couple of rough starts. I think what I was mm-hmm. most impressed by Aiken is you, you mentioned that start against the Yankees and that double header when he went two-thirds of an inning and, and gave up four runs on three hits. Yep. You know, the Orioles weren't charged with any errors in that game, but if you go back and watch that first inning, it's one of the uh, – more uh, tough to watch defensive innings you'll see from a defensive team yep. without making an error. Um, there was yep. a, a drop throw at third that should have been an out. Uh, there was a, the, the play that came to the plate where Chance Cisco blocked a throw to the plate instead of trying to pick it um, on, on a bad throw. And, you know, Aiken really got the raw end of the deal there. He came out the very next start against the Atlanta Braves, a team that scored mm-hmm. 29 runs the week before and threw five scoreless mm-hmm. innings with a career high nine strikeouts. I think that, yep is what impressed me the most out of anything I saw uh, from Aiken this year was, was going back to back with that. You know, you could think for a rookie pitcher that might kind of crush the confidence and, you know, it might have to be a reset in the off season, but he went out and had his best start right after that. Um, and, and I don't know if he's a future ace, um, but I think the Orioles would love to have him in the, in the four or five role in the rotation going forward for the next couple of years for this team. Absolutely. And, and to your point about the bad fielding, that is part of the reason that his 4.56 ERA comes with a 3.27 FIP. Fielding independent pitching does take fielding into account. Uh, it really just basically uh, FIP only accounts for the things that are directly within a pitcher's control. Fielding is not within a pitcher's control. And that contributes, I believe, the bad fielding from the Orioles, I believe that contributes to why his FIP is so much lower than his ERA. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's good to see. And, uh, you know, it was some tough defense from the Orioles, especially for these young pitchers. But I'd, I'd love to see that he battled through that, you know, didn't get out of that first inning, but came back the next time against, you know, maybe mm-hmm. the best offense he faced this year. Um, in Atlanta. Absolutely. All those, especially all those power right-handed bats they have in there um, and, and was able to go five scoreless innings. But, but Aiken, you know, a, a good season overall and, and excited to see, you know, what, what comes from him next year. But, but we will finish here, Ben, with the guy I think most people are, are most excited to talk about because of how he finished his season. Um, and that is the Orioles 2019 All-Star and uh, their presumed 2021 opening day starter, John Means, uh, as he, of course, had an extremely tough start to his season, you know, loses his dad a couple weeks into mm-hmm. the year. 
Um, you know, you can't imagine what he was going through trying to deal with that and pitch in Major League Baseball games. Uh, but he finished extremely strong this year for the Orioles. His final four starts uh, were dynamite. He struck out 12 in that second to last start against the Rays, including seven strikeouts in a row, which tied a franchise record. And, you know, all said and done, you know, for, for John Means, you know, it was a really tough beginning um, to the year. But, man, oh, man, we have not seen him or, frankly, an Orioles starter look that good um, for a little while now. Yeah. Oh, he was fantastic. So Means, uh, Means has been doing some work with uh, – oh, was it Codify? It might have been Codify that he was working with. Uh, or maybe it was driveline. It was one of the two of them. He did some work in the offseason. I think it actually might have been driveline based on the fact that his fastball velocity has jumped up this year, and I love it. Fastball velocity jumped up from 91.7 miles an hour last year to 93.8, almost a 94-mile-an-hour fastball on average this year. A two-mile-an-hour jump like that, that is a huge deal. That is a huge deal for him. We already know that he's got an elite changeup. And it was a lead again, 37.7% chase rate, 14% swing and strike rate. That's great uh, this year. And it was great last year. We, we know he's got that. But that fastball last year was just kind of an average pitch. It was fine. It wasn't especially bad, but it wasn't especially good either. But then for it to jump up to 94 miles an hour on average, absolutely. I'm all about that. Those last – what was it four starts? Yeah, those last four starts of the year, 1.52 ERA, 11.41 K per nine. He was phenomenal against some good teams. The Mets aren't great, obviously. Yankees, as we already said, very solid team. The Rays that you mentioned with the 12 strikeouts, again, potential World Series team. And then he finished the year off with the Blue Jays, who are also a playoff team. So not not a whole bunch of scrubs right there. I personally am more inclined to trust the John Means we saw in the last four starts than I am to trust the John Means we saw in his first five starts. Uh, partially because of what was going on in his life. I, I can't even imagine trying to go out there and pitch. You know, one, of the, one, of the, one of the things we joke about um, at Pitcher List is there's um, one of our writers, Alex Fast, uh, who's also an Orioles fan. One of his things he always likes to talk about is he likes to talk about um, the mental aspect of the game. Uh, Nick, uh, who, Nick Pollock, who runs the site, calls it Think Fast, Alex Think Fast. And I'm going to have my Alex Think Fast moment. John Means is a human being. His father was dying. His father died. I can't even imagine going out on the mound and trying to pitch with that in your head. It's just, I don't care what your raw skills are. You know, you can kind of fumble your way through it, but it's just, it's, it's, I can't even imagine it. And then he comes back later in the year and just dominates. So yeah, I, I'm personally willing to just throw out those first like five starts of the year. I'll just toss them out. I don't care. I am very excited about him. I am a hundred percent with you about tossing out those starts, you know, for, for everything you said. And, and, you know, it, it was so interesting because obviously he's the only Orioles all-star in 2019. You know, he had that great first half. Mm -hmm. He really struggled for about six weeks there. 
um, right after the all-star break last season, then pulled it back together right, right at the end of the year last year. Um, and, and, you know, with the rough start this year, you know, a lot of people worried that, that maybe it was a flash in the pan, but, you know, he ups that fastball velocity. And, you know, it was interesting because it, it felt like the changeup was his best pitch in 2019. That usage dropped over those last four starts this year. As he went to that, that new, you know, 94, 93 mile per hour fastball more and more, went to that slider and that curveball a little more as well. Um, and, and the results showed. So it, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much that changeup plays a part for him next year. But, but truly, John Means was the guy that I was most upset about that there wasn't 100 more games in this season. Oh, yeah. He was seemingly oh, getting yeah. better and better. And, you know, after those last two starts especially, with the 21 strikeouts over 11 and two-thirds innings in his final two starts to just one walk in that time and just mm-hmm. two runs, uh, you know, I could only imagine – you know, pitching with that kind of momentum and, and what he had found with that fastball, what he could have done, um, you know, if he got another, you know, who knows how many starts um, in, in a normal season. But but it was very exciting to watch. And I also thought very interesting that, you know, he didn't go away from the changeup, but but the pitch that really helped him last year was was not, you know, that same kind of pitch this year. Absolutely. it's It's actually really interesting to look at his pitch usage over the year. That Tampa Bay Rays start where he was incredible, he threw his fastball 67% of the time. 67%. That's a ton. That's the highest of the entire season. The start against the Yankees right before it, 59.4%. Start against the Blue Jays, 56.6%. Before those three starts, he really uh, was generally throwing the fastball around 45-ish percent of the time. There was... His, the Red Sox start, he threw it almost 60%. But, yeah, and then the changeup was being used a little bit less. But if he's got this great fastball now, that just makes his changeup even more effective, which is fantastic news. He was relying on that changeup last year because it was such a good pitch because the rest of his arsenal was fairly average. He's got this great fastball now all of a sudden. You know, all bets are off. Yeah, and and, and you know, it was – it was crazy to see him drop his ERA almost four runs in, in seemingly four starts. But, but you know, he, he had lost a little command of that changeup, it seemed, as well. But now he's going to get a whole offseason to realize, okay, now mm-hmm. I have 94, 95 in my back pocket, a fastball that spins a lot, got good velocity, yeah, and I got actually, a lot of strikeouts with it. I'm, and, I'm glad you mentioned the spin rate on the fastball because it's also worth noting the spin rate on his fastball jumped up 100 RPMs this year compared to last year. That's not an accident. That's that's a big jump for a fastball. So increased velocity, increased spin rate, that screams driveline to me. I don't remember, and I apologize to codify if they hear me. I get codifying driveline clients mixed up all of the time now. Um, but I know John Means sought outside help somewhere. I just don't remember where. But that that driveline philosophy at the very least, you see, you would see these guys go to driveline and they would come back with a faster fastball and increased spin rates and it works we see how effective increased spin rate on a fastball can be with trevor bauer this year trevor bauer has been incredible this year and part of it is because he's amped up the spin rate on his fastball same deal with means uh the spin rates up a lot velocity's up a lot that fastball suddenly a super effective pitch which is great and and it was great for means and and you know he was he was a different pitcher, and it was 
it was great to see because he was an all-star last year. And frankly, mm-hmm. in his last four starts, he was better this year than Absolutely. he was in his all-star season. Um, and it would have been great to see him, you know, get 12, 15, you know, who knows, 20 more starts um, in, in this season if it would have been a full year. Um, but, but Ben, it was, mm-hmm. it was good to look through all these guys. Um, and, and, you know, John Means, Kramer, Keegan Aiken, and, and Alex Cobb. And, you know, we do know that, that Cobb only has the one year left on his deal, and he's in a very different boat than the rest of these guys. And, and there's a good chance, you know, he's only got one season left um, in an Orioles uniform. But, you know, in these previews, I, I want to kind of wrap it up or, or, or with these, uh, these lookbacks on the season, I want to kind of wrap it up with kind of one question that encompasses, you know, all four of the guys we talk about. And so, you know, just looking at, at Means, Kramer, and Aiken, you know, three guys we know will be in the rotation next year. And the Orioles hope for years to come. You know, by the time the Orioles get to their next winning team, their next team that that competes for a playoff spot, of those three starters, who do you think has the biggest role on on maybe that next winning Orioles team? Well, I think that would depend on when you think the winning Orioles team happens. Because my gut reaction is to say John Means, but John Means is 27. If you're telling me the Orioles are a playoff team in two years, I think John means. Um, You start saying even three years, I'll get you. But once he gets to be 31, 32, 33, that's when I start worrying about his fastball velocity dropping and just age starting to catch up with him. Um, But as of right now, if we're looking at the Orioles being a playoff team in a couple years, I'm going to say John means. Beyond that, of those three guys, if it's not Means, it's Kramer to me. Kramer, I look at Kramer pitch, and he has all of the ingredients of a – I don't want to say an elite pitcher because that's maybe shooting a little too high, but a very good starting pitcher. You, you think about what do you want? You, you're building a starting pitcher in, in the MLB. What do you want? You want a guy who has a good fastball to work with as a base. Kramer's got it. You want a guy who has a elite swing and miss pitch. That curveball looks like it's an elite swing and miss pitch. It isn't maybe right now, but I think it will be. And you want a guy who has at least one more solid swing and miss pitch. His cutter, slider, whatever it is, that looks like it. That's look. That looks like it. So he's got the good fastball, two solid breakers. You know, if he adds one more, he flashed a changeup a couple times. Who knows? You know anything could happen development wise. He could learn a new pitch. Who knows, but he's got the ingredients to be a really good starting pitcher. So I am very encouraged by Kramer. So I think if it's not means, I think it's Kramer Um, of the, of those three, I will argue that some of the guys who are in the minors right now, Grayson Rodriguez, you know, uh, those types, they have even more exciting potential, but of those three, yeah, I think either means or Kramer. And, and that's what's so exciting. You know, we talk about, you know, these four guys, but, but the three younger guys especially, and, and think about the future mm-hmm. with them. Um, and, and, you know, D.L. Hall and Grayson Rodriguez. Um, yeah, and guys Zach, like Michael, Zach Lothar. Yeah, Zach Lowther and, and, and Michael yeah. Bauman, you know, guys like that, you mm-hmm. know, aren't even in the, in the conversation yet, mm-hmm. which makes it very exciting uh, for Orioles fans. But, Ben, thank you so much uh, for coming on to talk some starting pitching in 2020. Um, you know, the Orioles group of arms as a whole, I think, kind of surprised everyone um, with the success that they had relative uh, to the expectations. 
but but thanks again for coming on and uh, making us, I think, feel even better about, you know, not just 2020, but the future for these Orioles arms. Yeah, man, I'm happy to come on anytime. That's uh, talking about pitching is a blast and talking about Orioles is super fun too. So getting to do both at the same time is like perfection. So our thanks again to Ben Palmer of Pitcher List for joining the show uh, for those two parts there, talking starting pitchers. Um, again, you can go back and hear part one if you haven't already. Uh, Thursday's episode, we talked about Alex Cobb and Dean Kramer. And then today, uh, John Means and Keegan Aiken. And, you know, obviously really excited to talk about Means there, especially at the end with those last four starts of the season that were so dominant. And that was the best he's looked as an Oriole. And he was an all-star in 2019 you know, like we talked about, but he looked even better in the final four starts of 2020, and you have to think he'll be the opening day starter in 2021. But what a great finish to the season for Means after all he went through here in 2020. So we are going to continue this Orioles report card series when we are back with you next week. Start looking into the bullpen uh, and some of the hitters as well for the Orioles as we continue this series over the next few weeks. But until then, uh, enjoy some playoff baseball today. you got Marlins and Cubs at 2 o'clock, Game 2 of their series after the Marlins took Game 1 back on Wednesday and uh, the game got postponed yesterday. And then the big one tonight at 7 o'clock, Game 3, winner-take-all, Cardinals and Padres, hoping uh, our adopted team, the San Diego Padres, with all those former Orioles um, on the coaching staff and on the team, uh, hopefully they can advance to the next round because, frankly, they're incredibly fun to watch and no one wants to see the Cardinals win anything. But we'll be back with you on Monday to continue the report card series and talk about uh, what the ALDS and the NLDS series look like in the Major League Baseball postseason. But until then, this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.